ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय 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 ओम नमो भगवते श्रीमद भागवतम कंटो सेवन चैप्टर नाइन टेक्स टू ट्रांसलेशन एंड कॉमेंट्री बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस एसी भक्तिवेदांत स्वयं भूपाद अदृष्ट अश्रुत पूर्वत्वाद मींस दिस फॉर्म ऑफ द लॉर्ड हैड नेवर बीन सीन और हर्ड ऑफ बिफोर सो दैट इवन साक्षात श्री द गॉडेस ऑफ फॉर्च्यून डिड नॉट रिकॉग्नाइज him he stated sakshat shri she is directly the goddess of fortune lakshmi devi has many expansions but here is directly lakshmi the wife of lord narayana and even she wasn't aware of such a form of the lord and she experienced great fear also uh, fear may be in the form of uh, apprehension rather than great fear no that that word apprehension do you have a similar word in is it, Czech? is it like uh it means you're not quite sure and you're not you don't have firm you you feel that something might be fearsome here and the quality you're not quite sure what's going on it's one stage of fear frightening singer dave's going to jump in the window <laughs> so even the, even lakshmi devi herself who is directly the wife of lord narayan didn't know what to make of this you know that idiom didn't know what to make oh, wasn't sure how to understand uh it means she was she didn't know how to comprehend this situation she didn't comprehend the situation or she didn't have a clear understanding of it and generally fear is caused by uh, or, or often fear is caused by not knowing uh, by, sh- by lack of knowledge just like if you come to some in the evening if you're going on book distribution you come to some remote you know, some you have to go down a long lane full of old trees and it's just evening time and getting dark and you come to some old old building and you look in the window and it's full of cobwebs and you, you hear some creak as like oh there might be some ghost in here or something you don't know but you feel afraid the signs look like that fear of the unknown with uh fear that it might be something very bad for me here because they'd never seen or heard of a form of the lord or of anyone which is half man half lion and generally lions are very fearsome and they'd just seen rishinghadev rip hiranyakashipu and all his soldiers to pieces and maybe the demigods were thinking well maybe us too that he, he just happened to see hiranyakashipu first so he's a, a lion is a lion he doesn't distinguish this is a nice man let him go free and this is a nasty man and i'll kill him so he saw hiranyakashipu first he ripped him to pieces and then all his soldiers came and he ripped them to pieces he's still angry maybe he'll rip us to pieces too so they weren't quite sure this is pretty sure this is narayan who is our well wisher but we never saw him like this before and he seems to have become like an angry lion so maybe narayan but angry lion you better be careful of the uh philosophical understanding got a bit clouded over there just like if if you go into some zoo 
with the zookeeper and you, he takes you in the lion cage and he tells you, don't worry, but still you're going to worry. The zookeeper goes in every day and he doesn't feel worried, but someone else may feel worried. I remember as a child I was taken to some zoo and they had these big snakes and then you could pay some money and they'd wrap the snakes all around your body and then you pay some money to have the photograph taken. So he said to me, you want to do? I said, no. He said, oh, the snakes are harmless. I thought, all right, let them be harmless to someone else. Because the natural fear, the, the very form of a snake is fear-inducing. There's some species of snake which looks and acts like a cobra. If anyone or any creature comes near it, it comes up and puts out its hood and hisses like this. It's not a cobra, it doesn't have any poison, but... It looks like one and it's enough to frighten others off. So the form of a lion or of a snake is naturally fear-inducing. And even Sakshat Sri was feeling some, like that, apprehension, trepidation. Is a, like, not quite sure. Prahlad Maharaj wasn't feeling afraid. That comes out at the end. Everyone else was feeling afraid. He was also in the same situation of not having seen or heard of such a form of the Lord before. We find that before the appearance of Nishimha Dev, it appears that Prahlad Maharaj was worshipping the Supreme Lord as Krishna. The Supreme Lord may be worshipped in any of his forms. As Prabhupada quotes here, Advaita Machuta Manadhyam Ananta Rupam. He has, uh, Prabhupada quotes in the Prabhupada, he has uh, unlimited forms which are all non-different, all the Supreme Personality of Godhead, all beginningless and eternal. Uh, devotees tend to focus on one form of the Lord and worship Him in, in that form, whether as Ram, Nrsimha, Varaha, Kurma. It appears that Prahlad Maharaj was focusing on the original form, Krishna. Sometimes people say, well, was there any worship of Krishna? I mean, he's just recent. But Ram came first. But we find that even before the appearance of Ram, Prahlad Maharaj and others were worshipping Krishna. He, as he told his father, idiots like you never worship Krishna. Matiana Krishne Parataswatova. Uh, and it stated that Prahlad Maharaj, in his ecstasy of Krishna consciousness, he was Krishna Graha. Graha means a planet which grabs you. In other words, a planet whose influence affects you. Know, this is in the science of astrology. So in the science of astrology, we don't find Krishna as one of the planets. Golok is not one of the grahas. These are all, uh, in, in astrology, the material planets are recognized. But here the analogy is given that Prahlad Maharaj is Krishna Graha. He was com his consciousness was completely captivated by Krishna. So Prahlad Maharaj, he worshipped Krishna and he immediately recognized Krishna when he appeared in this Adrishta Ashruta Puravatvad, never previously seen or even heard of form. And he had complete faith that this form, even though in the previous verse mentioned Sangrambha, extremely angry. He is my well-wisher. 
because he knew that this is the same Lord who had protected him in so many circumstances. That Prahlad had been subjected to so many situations which were meant to be meant to cause his death, but again and again he had been protected. It wasn't simply by good luck. By good luck you might be saved from otherwise certain death. One is driving on the road on a winter's day, icy road, and all of a sudden the car does a gymnastic act in this this uh, ballerina act in the sky and comes crashing down and everyone looks and says, well, the funeral company is going to have some more business now. And everyone just gets out of the car and walks out and everyone's astonished. How could you survive that? Or someone goes to the guillotine and somehow or other it's not working that day. Gets stuck. Doesn't This is a sickness. So that may happen by good luck, you might say. Although even luck in Sanskritam, the word is daiva, which means not exactly luck, it means that which is ordained by the God, by the Supreme Lord. But again and again and again, Prahlad was saved from circumstances, well, he was saved from attempts to kill him. And he understood this is Krishna protecting him. And he, he knew that this Nrishimhadev is Krishna because Hiranyakashipu had specifically asked him, is your God within this pillar? And Prahlad said, yes. And when Hiranyakashipu struck that pillar, then Nrishimhadev came out and then Prahlad understood, oh, that's Krishna. I said he's in there, he's in there. So he came out in this extremely angry form and Prahlad could understand that he's come to protect me, that he had indirectly protected me on... Uh, or, or but not indirectly, but by not not by his personal presence, but by his arrangement, he had protected me on so many occasions. Now he's personally come to protect me. Correct. So this anger is not meant to destroy me; it is meant to protect me. Of course, anger is very dangerous. It's someone who is uh, when one is angry, then uh, one often angry people do things that they just lose all their intelligence. Sammo hat smiti vibramaha, one forgets everything due to anger. And uh, sometimes someone who is angry, they'll, they, they actually, they, they love their wife as much as anyone can love them in the material existence, but in anger they may just kill them because, and afterwards they regret it. So, but even then Prahlad, he didn't think, well, Nushingadev might kill me also because anyway, he protected me so many times and, yeah. So if he wants, he can kill me. If he wants, he can protect me. It's up to him. That is the attitude of a devotee. Marobi rakhobi jo toha. That is uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says. Bhaktivinoda Thakur. That you can protect me or kill me as you like. That's up to you. That's that's your uh, prerogative. It's easy to sing these songs, but it may not be so easy to have such an attitude. But Prahlad Maharaj, he's a completely surrendered soul. Not that Lakshmi Devi isn't, but to <coughs> magnify the special closeness of Prahlad to Nishimhadev in this Leela, even Lakshmi 
appears to be afraid of Nishimhadev on his appearance. Now, Prahlad had full faith in Nishimhadev. And because of this full faith, Nishimhadev appeared for him. Whereas Hiranyakashipu, who did not have full faith, was destroyed by Nishimhadev. So the form of Nishimhadev is very dangerous for the non-devotees or specifically those who are envious of the devotees. But he will, uh, in all circumstances, protect those who are fully surrendered to him. Now, the, the, the Adrishta Ashruta Purvatvad suggests that such a form of the Lord was not only not heard of or not seen before, but was not even imaginable. There are various, what are called, mythological figures in history, like the unicorn, Oops. Unicorn. That in Czech? Huh? Or the griffin, you know that one? Or, Has the body of a horse and the head of a lion. Uh, I think so, I'm not quite sure. Maybe yes. you have your own Czech ones. Well, dragons. Different, what about dragons? So, we have. such... Well, they call them mythical, but personally I think... They probably existed at some time, otherwise why is there such a widespread, what they call folklore about it? Probably mm -hmm. exists somewhere even now, but anyway, that's not really our subject, that's for the, more one for the New Ages or something like that. But uh, no, one, no one had imagined the form of Nishimhade, that there can be God like this. People have different ideas about God. There's a, there's a, widespread misconception. Widespread means all over the world. People think that, well, God can be just like you want him or her or it to be. Sometimes prestigious magazines, which are supposed to be for intellectually minded people, they do surveys of what do you think God is like, thus revealing their foolishness of... Um, being subject to the misconception that God is subject to our opinion. Well, I think God is like this. Okay, well, for you, God is like that. God is unlimited, so he can be any way you want him to be. Today, I think God is like this, and tomorrow, I think God is like that, so God has to change. It's based on this uh, impersonalistic misconception that God is everything, and therefore can be approached in any way, and you can see God in... God is in everything and you can see everything that as you like as God, which is not incorrect if we have knowledge of the specific original form of the Lord. Then uh, if we are advanced in understanding Krishna, then we can certainly see Krishna everywhere and in everything. But without reference to the original form of the personality of Godhead, if we simply imagine anything and everything to be God, that is uh, offensive to Krishna because we adjudge that which is material and certainly not God to be God. Good translation. I hope so. translate all of this. <laughs> so, uh, but that is a that is a misconception that just you can you can see any object and put a sticker on it, God. And then when you don't like, you can take the sticker off and put it on something else. 
So the demigods, they didn't make that mistake. They knew, they know the form or the forms of the Lord, but they had not heard of or seen of or imagined such a form as this. And even Lakshmi Devi, who is his wife, hadn't seen or heard or imagined of such a form. So how is that possible? Because she's his eternal associate. What's the answer? Prabhupada already gave it in the purport. <laughs> Because he never appeared in that form before. Well, not recently, but Lakshmi is the eternal wife of the, of the Supreme Lord. And even though he may not have appeared in this kalpa, in this form, Rishimha Dev is eternal, so you'd think that she'd have some knowledge of him. He is eternal, and although he hadn't appeared in this kalpa, in this form, she's also eternal. And she also has full knowledge of him. It's not that Nishimha Dev, he, or Lord Narayan, suddenly took this form of Nishimha Dev. That form is eternal. Can Someone else has an answer here? Yeah, he got it. Here it states in the purport. The goddess of fortune, being inspired by Leela Shakti, could not appreciate this unprecedented form of the Lord. So this Leela Shakti is very important. Without it, there's no Leela. Because it makes even the old Leelas always seem new and fresh. And actually they are always new and fresh. And that Leela Shakti works, uh, even just like, I'll give an example. We read or we read or hear or see the drama of Ram Leela again and again and again. Each time it seems fresh. Each time, for instance, when Lakshman is knocked down on the battlefield, it looks like he's about to die and we all become afraid. Oh, Lakshman's going to die. Well, you know he's not because you've already been through the story so many times. But still that fear is there. Oh, now it's a very serious situation. Usually you read a novel and then just throw it away. You have the paperback book especially made so you can read it once. and It's very cheap paper and throw it away. Because once you know the story, then there's no fun in reading it anymore. You know what's going to happen. But with... Krishna Leela, Ram Leela, it's not like that. Leela Shakti works to make it always fresh. So, uh, Lakshmi Devi herself couldn't fathom what was going on here with it. What is this unprecedented form of the Lord? And it is difficult to see. I mean, you wouldn't normally think of God being like that, would you? People outside of Hindu tradition or Vedic tradition, they find it difficult to accept Krishna as being God. What to speak of Nishimhade? Krishna is very kind, Krishna. but they, they, so that fits in, but that he's a young boy, that doesn't fit in because they think he should be an old man and lots of big muscles and have, have a bunch of, you know, big heavy guys around him. Like, you know, he's a big, he's all powerful, so he should look like some big, you know, gang leader or something like that. Something like Stalin, but good, supreme dictator. And very old because he was the original person. He got so old and got a big long beard. And then even in the Western countries, they realize this is ridiculous. So they, this concept of God is ridiculous. So they converted him into a non-person. But even Lord Brahma had difficulty in, in considering that God is someone who's running around chasing after some cows with a stick. So if you have difficulty comprehending Krishna as the Supreme Lord, then what to speak of Nrishimhadev? Some extraordinarily angry, lion-like form who's half man, half lion. So this is a great test for our devotees. That uh, mid-1970s, there was a big painting 
of Nishimhadev, famous painting, ripping Hiranyakashipu to pieces that was put. We have this big temple in London, Bhaktivedanta Manor. The temple room must be about this size, I guess. And uh, that, if you, if you hypothesize that the, the, the altar is here, and the picture of Nishimhadev was put right there at the front. There's so many pictures, but right at the front of the temple, on the side. Big picture. And some of our devotees are saying, well, what are we going to say to people when they ask us about this? You know, a lot of people coming there are Indians, but what about the non-Indians? What are we going to tell them? And some devotees thought, well, we, sh- we shouldn't keep the picture there. Let's put it somewhere else where the, where the outside people don't go. And actually, this... Because uh, they're afraid, well, what, what, will the pe- what will the people think? We say, well, this is actually God. This is who you're worshipping is God? idea of God. And actually this question came up in a court case in the early 1980s in America. There was an anti-cult case said that some young person had been taken from their home by some uh, some kind of brainwashing techniques and was now worshipping and they brought out as evidence in the court, this is a picture. This is what they call God. And he showed the picture of Nishimhadev worshipping, uh, not worshipping, ripping Hiranyakashipu to pieces. Which to the prosecution attorney seemed to be like irrefutable evidence that these people are crazy and dangerous. What do you say if someone comes up on the street and says, God? So the picture and in your book, God, this is, you think this is God? I remember once in Dublin I was distributing books and we were distributing Sri Ishopanishad, which as you remember has the picture of Lord Narayan on the cover with a hoods of snakes all around him. Snakes. The priest came and said, snakes, this is Satan. <laughs> now in a previous, in a court case that had come up, in about 1976, brain, I think it was the first brainwashing case against, so-called brainwashing case against devotees in America. Prabhupada, the devotees came from America to see Prabhupada in India and said, what are we going to do? What are we going to say? They're accusing us. And Prabhupada said, well, this is very good. This is a good opportunity to preach. Now we're in the public attention. So he said that you should say to the judge and all the attorneys, that if you want to judge our movement, first of all, you have to know it's what we stand for. So you should understand our philosophy. So, first of all, you read all of the books by Srila Prabhupada, then we'll proceed with the case. That was Prabhupada what he told they should do. This is our, this is our defense case. One set of Prabhupada's books. You have to read them. So when a few years after Prabhupada's disappearance, it again, a similar case came up and they said, look, your worship, this, this lion ripping a human being to pieces and they're worshipping as God. Maybe that's their philosophy that we should go around and rip people to pieces. Around that time they had the, uh, this Charles Manson. He was uh, some crazy guy who, you know, ripped people up and put their rote things on the wall in, in their blood and, some cult leader, and he used to chant Hare Krishna also. It was pretty dangerous. So it was a great opportunity, it was a great challenge that this came up in the court. You're worshipping this lion-like form as God. It was actually a great opportunity for preaching. But unfortunately, the devotee who was 
overseeing the court case advised that well we should just say that it's symbolic the form of Nishimhadev is just symbolic in this way he uh, denied to uphold the Bhagavatva the the oh, the godness of God <laughs> he became a Mayavadi that the form of God is simply a symbol of God it's not God himself and he he the devotee failed to breathe protected by Nishimha Dev and he fell down from devotional service quite soon after that. So it's a great challenge. The demigods, they recognize the Supreme Lord. They recognize Narayan as the Supreme Lord. When he came in this form, they were a little doubtful. But Prahlad had no doubt. Therefore, he's glorified as uh, Bhakta Pravar Sri Prahlad Maharaj, the greatest of the devotees. Only he was able to approach the Lord in his angry form. Generally, uh, in India, th- those who are worshippers of Nrsimha Dev don't worship him as Ugra Nrsimha, not in this angry form. There are many ancient temples of Nrsimha Dev throughout India, especially in South India, uh, especially in Andhra Pradesh, but we also find in Navadvit Dham, Lord Nrsimha Dev himself came there. And in other parts of India also, even in Nepal, throughout he is being worshipped. Not as common as the worship of Lakshmi Narayana or Radha Krishna or Sita Ram, but it's, to, it's a prominent, a, a prominent form of the Lord being worshipped. But you won't, you, you won't find commonly worshipped Ugrandashimha in this angry form. Most of you find uh, Lakshmi Narsimha or Yoga Narsimha in a peaceful form. That's why I sometimes think it's a little strange where after singing this Namaste Narasimhaya and then Tavakara Kamala and then we sing Jaya Lakshmi Narsimha because she's not really with this, with this form of the Lord. She, she remains a little distant particular, with him in this particular mood of ripping Hiranyakashipu to pieces. Yeah, to sing Jai Lakshmi Narasimha, that is fitting with the Namaste Narasimhayavas, which is from Narasimha Purana, but then the Tavakara Kamala bit, which is from Gita Govinda of, of Jaidev Goswami, he's specifically describing how he is ripping Hiranyakashipu to pieces. So it certainly requires great qualification to worship the, for, the, for, the Lord in that form. Prahlad Maharaj prays to Nrsimha Dev in that form. Om Namo Bhagavate Narasimhaya Namastejas Tejase Avyabhava Vajra Naka Vajra Dangsha Kamashayan Randhaya Randhaya Tamograsagrasa Om Swaha O Lord, with your fearsome teeth and your fearsome nails, please get into my heart and rip apart all my material desires. Who will dare to worship the form of the the Lord in such a form or in such a mood? Therefore, it's said that to worship this form of the Lord, one has to be. One cannot worship this form of the Lord for any material desires. One shouldn't be a grihasta with who has to approach the Lord for some material purpose. When the uh, managers or leaders at Iskon Mayapur they uh, desired to request. Ugra Narsimhadev to appear there, the, uh, the, 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 the devotee went to South India to the Stapati or those who, who, uh, carve such form, not, we carve, they reveal such forms of the Lord. 
And the Stapati refused to do so. I'm not going to call, I'm not going to carve Ugra <laughs> Cannot dare to attempt to reveal such a form. It's very dangerous right from the very beginning, even from the carving part. And he said, who is there to worship this form of the Lord? One of our God brothers who left Iskon and joined the Goryamat, he, he is, makes a similar objection that how can you in Iskon dare to worship this form of the Lord? It's very presumptuous of you to do so. Uh, Presumptuous means that you think, uh, you presume yourself to have a greater qualification than you actually do. That, that, uh, the demigods, they didn't approach Ugra Nrsimha. Lakshmi Devi herself didn't. So you're presuming yourself to be on the same level as Prahlad Maharaj. This is his objection. And it appears to be, from the philosophical point of view, seems to be Quite a valid objection. The Stapati had the similar objection, and he refused. I'm not going to do it. But after some time, he called the devotees and so he said that without my even consulting him about this, my guru told me one day he that for Iskon you can do. His guru was the uh, famous, most prominent Mayavadi sannyasi of the modern times, Chandrasekhar Endran of. Kanchipuram. It means he's a traditional Mayavadi, not one of these modern pop Mayavadis. But, but really, I mean, he was respected as a saintly person. He was very austere, very uh, very learned in Shastra, very saintly in his behavior. Still he's a Mayavadi, but maybe the, the best of them. So, uh, anyway, like I was saying, it's not really a matter of carving the deity as revealing him. It's not that you just, you know, you find a piece of stone or wood somewhere and then you just carve it and that's it. But the Lord is already there in a specific piece of wood or stone. So after some time the devotee came back to South India and said, well, how is the work progressing? You're, you're making good progress, carving the deity? He said, what are you talking about? I haven't even started yet. He said, why not? Then you don't understand. You just don't pick up a piece of stone here. But the Lord has to reveal Himself. Then we'll begin. You have to find exactly the right kind of stone, which is mentioned in Shastra. It has to have all the right characteristics, and then you can understand that this is the Lord wait, waiting to be revealed by the service of the Stapati. So anyway, it's a big long story. But uh, eventually, Ugrinashimhadev came to Mayapur. And the formalities of installing him were going on, although he already revealed that I'm here, I am this form, before the installation began. And it's true that it requires tremendous qualification to worship such an angry form of the Lord. But the wonderful thing about it is that he's only angry towards the demons, but he's very kind-hearted towards his devotees. And... Particularly this form of Nishimhadev is always revealing to his devotees that don't be afraid of me, I'm your well-wisher. And in the just a very short time, how long is it, 15 years since he came there, Nishimhadev to Mayapur, something like that. Yeah, so something like that, it's 18 years. So he's uh, again and again revealed himself in what people might call mystical incidents. As the very kind well-wisher of 
his devotees. There are so many stories <laughs> which you can, if you want, you can ascribe to the sentimentalism or the imagination of the devotees, or you can accept this is Nishimha Dev manifesting himself. So although our God-brother's objection is, we could say it's correct from the philosophical point of view, it appears that Nishimha Dev is very happy to be worshipped there, and uh, he is accepting the worship of his devotees. He's having a competition with the Panchatattva and Radha Madhav, who, who will be the most merciful. <laughs> Sometimes devotees, they have competition. Deities, they have competition among themselves. Sometimes disagreements also. That's why Sakshi Gopal used to be worshipped at, at Puri, but now he's gone a little distance because he had a fight with Jagannath. So the, the non-devotees, they don't believe all these things. And they get ripped up. And devotees get Shrinkadev's hand on their head. Very nice. But we have to have faith that this is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So don't step back if people challenge that, oh, you worship some, some little blue boy as God? How can you... No, no, it's symbolic. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't deny the Personality of Godhead. Hare Krishna. Any question or comment? Uh, these stones and woods meant for to be carved into deities, are they to be found only in India or is it possible to find them in the West also? Is God only in India? Is it possible that Krishna consciousness can be preached outside of India? Of course not! That's what they used to think. <laughs> Anything else? Mm. We have another mic, a cordless mic. Well, no, you don't have a cordless mic. Well, is it? What is more important for us to to realize Krishna in his original form, or to realize our real spiritual form? Because without that, we cannot understand him in his spiritual form. Well, the two things go on side by side. We cannot properly understand who we are without understanding Krishna, because that is our eternal position as servants of Krishna. And we can't understand Krishna unless we uh, understand what is the, the who we are as spiritual beings. Otherwise, we'll misunderstand. If, if we still think that we are material beings and we try to understand Krishna, then we'll ascribe material qualities also to Krishna. So the two things go on side by side. In general, uh, first we understand, the beginning of spiritual knowledge is to understand the difference between spirit and matter, that uh, the spirit soul is different from the body, so that is the beginning. But to understand that fully and properly, we have to go beyond simply the knowledge of difference of the soul and the body to understand the uh, the spiritual activities of the soul, which means that we have to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead also. Prabhupada uh, sometimes said that we could, get, we could get some idea about the nature of God by uh, studying the nature of the individual soul because they have many similar characteristics. Just as the individual soul has uh, activities, likes, dislikes, friends, uh, and so on, so a senses, so the Supreme Lord also has. Anything else? Uh, did Narsingadev accept his form on the basis of these, these blessings that were given by Lord Brahma to uh, Hiranyakashipu? Hmm, nice, interesting question. Hmm. 
It would appear like that, but no, the form of Nishimha Dev is eternal. Sometimes it appears, it, it might appear that Krishna's activities are impelled by some material circumstance, but they're not. Rather, Lord Brahma being, and Hiranyakashipu also, being impelled by the Leela Shakti of the Lord, acted in such a way to, uh, mm, to facilitate the appearance of this uh, wonderful form of Lord Nishimhade. After the battle of Kurukshetra, Gandhari cursed Krishna. She said that this Holocaust is your fault. And that, so she cursed him. She is very powerful. She cursed that just as all our family died by intense and infighting, so yours will also. Now Gandhari is very powerful, but she's not powerful enough to f curse the Supreme Lord. But Krishna accepted that curse, and it might appear that his whole, well, his whole family did die in the same way. So that may it appear to be, the curse of Gandhari may appear to be the cause of the destruction of the Yadu dynasty. But actually it was impelled by the Leela Shakti of the Lord and he had some purpose in doing so, in, in arranging that. Oh, okay, so we'll finish. Isn't another question there? Yes, or this there. Who has? Ah, oh, yeah. When it is described that Krishna is present in everyone's heart, does it mean the heart of this physical body and is he present there in his original form? We find in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, Ishvara Sarva Bhutanam Hridesha Juna Tishtati. The Supreme Lord is situated, Hridesh, the region of the heart. You can open up the heart and cut it up and you won't find Paramatma. Or you can transfer one person's heart to someone else's heart cavity. How ex so it may not be like within the blood and the arteries and all this kind of thing. We have a little difficulty understanding this because um we we don't understand what spiritual presence is and we think that if the supreme lord is present in a place that means he must be in some particular definable point that he you can measure how he's situated from here to here he's in between molecule number so and so and this molecule number so and so he's squeezed in somewhere there or he's with the within the atom between this electron and that electron. Not exactly like that. His his spiritual presence is not materially ascertainable. This uh, this question here. Yeah. And then another point that it is described that uh, we are all in Krishna, but Krishna is not in us. Uh -huh. So it sounds like contradiction. Yes, it does sound like a contradiction. Krishna. And that's probably why Krishna stated those two facts side by side. It just underscores the point that Krishna cannot be understood by material intelligence. He's bigger than the biggest and simultaneously smaller than the smallest, which is not possible according to the laws of physics. He's beyond the laws of physics. That's the whole point. He's beyond our material imagination. Time's up. It's not something to be understood by the material intelligence. Uh, shall I finish here? And then I, I'm having the... Uh, you have a little more time? Okay. All right. I, I have this. Uh, this. What, what's it? I have another session at ten thirty or something. So, and questions we can discuss in more detail at that time. We can discuss this in more detail. We're getting way off the subject yeah. of the class here. I think we should. Um, I think we can. I can have a questions and answers session later, and then we'll discuss questions which are not related to the class. Otherwise, there's no end. Yeah. So, yes, there's more time.
10:30 please come at that time. Just one more thing I wanted to say this is more for my convenience because already several devotees asked me about the status of my book on Srila Bhakti Sarasvati Thakur so instead of saying 50 times I'll say once now. Well I put time aside to finish it this summer the summer's finished in India now. In the, but uh, some other work came up unexpectedly so it's almost finished. There's no more writing to do, just some fine-tuning on the editing, which is required. But now I'm traveling in the West, starting from yesterday, and I don't know when I'm going to get the time to do it. I have to squeeze it in here and there whenever I get some moments to do it. So that's the status. So when I get back to India, sometime after I get back to India, I'll be busy then also. Then I'll try and find some time. And I only need a three or four days to finish it. I don't know when I'm going to get the time. Then it'll be ready. <laughs> But then it will require laying out and proofreading and indexing, so maybe it'll be ready by Gorpanima. It would have been if I'd have if I'd have left India with my work done, but I didn't. So that's it. Anyway, I can say it's going to be it's a wonderful book. I can say so because I'm only an instrument in writing it. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Oh, I have. By the way, I have books. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada 